Hello and welcome to the HQ Movie Review. I'm Jack. I'm Josh. I'm Brandon. And I'm Heather. And this week we watched Hidden Figures. Right off the bat, have you guys seen this movie before? No. Never. I had. I'd seen it once before. Yeah, I've I've seen it. I saw it in theaters because, you know, I was obligated to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but it, it was it's a good movie. Now, I didn't know this movie existed until last year, which is when I watched it. I didn't know it until I got added to the wheel. Wait, this movie came out in 2016? Yes. Uh, Yeah. This movie is is older than you thought it was. Yeah. I mean, that's the the exact same thought process I had after I'd seen it. I thought it had come out like the year before. I thought this movie came out in 2018. Nah. I was wrong. Interesting. Yep. So, Hidden Figures, the true story of the women who got us to space, or helped us to space, you know, with NASA's help. Is it help? Did NASA help them? No. It paid them money to do the math they did. I think that counts for something. I feel like NASA fought them at every step. It did hinder them more than help. It, at best, enabled. (laughs) Like, there were individuals at NASA that helped them. Yeah. Yeah. But NASA as an organization, not really. No. They kind of just had to help themselves. Yeah. And that's what makes the story so inspirational. I think, uh, before we go any further, we should preface this. Josh is dying. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. So, that's why he sounds... Sounds like he's melting right now. He's he's not good old sinus infection. Hey, yeah. but we wanted four people for this podcast, so here he is. Yay! <laughs> All right, you're, you're good, buddy. We're almost there. If I keep saying it, it'll eventually be true. <laughs> so, uh, right off the bat, not a lot of funny like funny japes and jokes to be made about this. Definitely not a comedy centric yeah. uh, movie. No, it is. It is the the relatively true retelling of uh, three black women in the '60s. So yeah, yeah. It just really highlights just how bad it was, and also how recent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Catherine Johnson was alive last year. Katherine Johnson was the only one of the three shown in the movie to see the movie come out. Yeah. Wow. Mm. But still, you know, that's that's kind of crazy to think yeah. about. Like, this is the kind of stuff that was happening not even that long ago. Yeah. It has been less yeah. than one entire human lifetime. Speaking of which, I want to talk about, just starting at the beginning of the movie... The cop that pulls them over and is about to be racist until he finds out they work for NASA. And then he's like, hold on. I love America more than I want to be racist. I need to help you. I need you to, I need to help you help us to beat the commies. <laughs> that probably is exactly what he went through in his head is what do I hate more? Yeah. There's even a moment where he like turns around and it's like, hold on. Let me think with this, with my little pea brain. <laughs> like... He, you can see the cogs turning in his head. He's like, hmm, I could, I could continue being racist, but I do want to get us to space first. And then they don't even get to space first. They don't. It's that is one of my favorite things about the space race. We lose every single part of that race until we get to the moon, and then we declare it's over. Hey, the finish, <laughs> the finish line is what matters. Yeah, and if yeah. you can dictate when the finish line happens, all the better. Exactly. If there's anything this movie has proven, it's that America is good at moving the goalposts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so true that it hurts. Yeah, this is this is the energy we're coming to this episode with. Um, also, um, speaking of the whole police interaction at the beginning, it just reminded me of how upset that I was. Um, with literally everything that had to do with their car. Yeah, that's that's actually my next note. Josh, real upset about the car. I, I can't describe just how much I was upset by... First of all, they're stuck on the side of the road 
and they claim it's a starter. And what what if it truly was a starter, what were they doing stopped with the car off on the middle of the road? Because a starter only affects when you're starting the car. Thus the term starter. <laughs> well, I mean, like, a starter Pokemon is with you for your entire journey unless you're, like, a horrible person. Yeah, but Jack, if you, like, stop halfway through your, your Pokemon journey, do you need to go get a new starter? <laughs> Well, I mean, I try to get all three anytime I play, but... Yeah, but... <laughs> just... Okay, and then and then the other thing. The other thing was... The resolution of this was... Hold on, let me just bypass the starter. And then the engine starts. What did you do? Uh, she tapped it with her magic wand. What? Was that not clear? Like, for real, the only way you're starting a, a car... Without the starter, is if you push start it, <laughs> and that involves someone getting out back and pushing the car, the and someone in the driver's seat dropping the clutch, <laughs> and that definitely did not happen. Honestly, I, I don't know enough about cars to really try and explain what happened, but she did just kind of poke the engine with like a thing, yeah, and then it sparked, and then the car started. Like no one was even in the driver's seat. She just kind of touched it with. The th- like a stick? It wasn't a stick. It was a metal thing. It was like thing. a wrench. It was a metal rod of some kind. It was, it was kind. a rod of some... It didn't look like... A, it was like sharp at the end. Yeah. Or maybe it was a sideways wrench. I don't know. But See, either way, no, here's she the just kind of taps it and then it starts. I think that was actually magic. Here's the thing, Jack. I do know enough about cars <laughs> to be 100% upset at what they did to these genius women. Like... We need they him. could they they did all the research on like all the different <laughs> formulas that they needed for this movie, all the different orbital mechanics, Euler's method, all of that, and they couldn't come up with any kind of reasonable excuse for why their car broke down. I can confirm according to IMDB they hired someone who had a PhD in astrophysics to make sure all the equations were correct. Uh, yeah. Someone someone they hired someone with a PhD in astrophysics, not a car mechanic. <laughs> I also uh IMDB gives a list of all the goofs mm-hmm. and I can confirm that it says even if the starter was faulty it would not be the cause for them being stranded. <laughs> well there you Among go. Among other things. <laughs> Also, you can't bypass it. I just there's every everything in the first like five she minutes it is with wrong. Her magic wand. Every everything in the first five minutes is wrong, both like just factually, morally, spiritually. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Everything. Whoa. You you took some serious offense to this car thing. I mean, also the cop being racist thing, but yeah, also that's fair. That's a good point. everything about the first five minutes was just. I, I'm sitting there in pain with the sinus infection, and it made me... I had to get up and just be vocal about my absolute hatred of this. But anyway, going on to the main part of the movie. Are you sure you don't have any more... Uh... Oh, I have plenty, but okay, that's I, I think we're good. You're right, we can move on. I'm crying. I, I do want just one solid audio file of just Heather for the last five minutes. Yeah, that was nothing but that was nothing but laugh tracks. <laughs> Heather, did you, do you have something you want to share with the class? I'm just laughing at how just so angry Josh is. Yeah. So angry it hurts. <laughs> he is the Red Lantern of the group. So, <laughs> good. <laughs> So we have like three different storylines for the three different, you know, main characters here. Right. And uh I mean you have one who's you know, obviously the main character who's Yeah, Catherine know, is clearly like the central figure yeah, of the hidden figures. Who's the computer, which at first, I'll be honest, was like a real weird weird title. <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, They're calling them computers. That's kind of weird. Well, and dehumanizing, yeah. and then I realized, like, oh yeah, this is obviously before the age of you know computers. computers. Yeah, it's yeah. actually it's actually not dehumanizing. It's They're computing. A, it's, it's what just, they do. It's just a title. It's like ah yes, you compute things. That makes sense. It's not actually that bad. 
Colored computers. That's bad. Yeah. No, the, the, the computers, colored computers. The title computer, not bad. But, um, and then you've got, you know, uh, I can't remember. Uh, their names are uh, Catherine, Catherine, who's the main character, yeah. Dorothy, who Dorothy. wanted to be the supervisor, and then Mary. Mary. That's the, the that's the one I was trying to think of was Mary. Um, she just she just wants to be an engineer, which, you know, that's, that's after, you know, my own goals as well. So I totally... <laughs> I totally you see relates. that. I definitely did not have nearly as many problems. No, not not exactly the same hurdles. <laughs> not, completely different hurdles here. In fact, none. But that's that's another story. I'm sure the engineering, like the specifically just the engineering hurdles. Yeah. I no. think I don't know. I I dropped out of that track. You like, know, engineering. Engineering probably was a lot harder back then. It absolutely was a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how much like? I used the calculators for, which they didn't have. Yeah. Well, they have those big typewriter-looking things. Technically, that was the calculator. That is not a calculator. That is an advanced abacus. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, an abacus is just a really simple calculator, so... Who's the real hero? Yeah, you're not, you're not doing, like, sine of 30 degrees on that. Well, clearly you're using the abacus wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, this is back in the days of, like, slide rules. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. I had a math teacher in middle school who knew how to use a slide rule. And he was, like, proud of that. And I'm like, no one cares anymore. I mean, no one cares, but also you should be proud of that. I mean, also, he's a math teacher. Yeah, but There's still, you know, it's it's... It's like ancient technology at this point. But yeah, so she's she's trying to be this engineer. And obviously, the actual engineers respect her opinion. Yeah, like, she actually had the least barrier to entry of, like, the three women. It's like, everyone she worked with is like, oh yeah, no, they specifically requested you. They're like, they care about your advice. That was kind of a dick move. They're like, hey, we're testing this wind tunnel thing and you're still in there. We're not going to stop the countdown, though. Yeah. Leave your shoe. I'm, Leave your shoe that got stuck in the grate. At the time that that was happening, I was like, oh, wow, they're all just asshats. But based on the like the interactions we see later in the movie with those same people, I imagine they probably just couldn't shut it down. I mean, that's possible. Like, the, just... the fan... like. I can think of a reason why you yeah. couldn't just spin down a giant fan. It is a very big fan. And I mean, like, but they did immediately do that. Yeah, that is also true. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, this thing failed. Shut it down. And then he like flips one lever and shuts it down. Yeah, I mean, there might also be other... like, There might be a... It might be a long setup process for redoing the experiment. So if they had already initialized the startup sequence, it would have been, like, a huge hurdle to stop it. Like, I'm sure if she got stuck in there legitimately and they had to shut it down, they could have. Obviously, they could have. They weren't going to let her die if she got stuck in there. Yeah. It's, but, just, it's a real bad first impression for these yeah. guys. Yeah. It was absolutely a bad first impression. And I, who knows? Maybe they were just being assholes about it but based on the interactions we see later in the movie it it seems like they were just you know being like well you better hurry up and get out of there we're not gonna shut it down unless we absolutely have to yeah, yeah. um but, but otherwise they were like completely in her corner yeah yeah like the lead engineer guy was like hey yeah no you can definitely like he was actively encouraging her to like do this yeah um which funnily enough don't think she's the only, I think she's the only one who didn't actually achieve her goal by the end of the movie. They showed her she, graduating. Yeah, but we ran out of time. Yeah, yeah, like she she graduates, but the, there's a huge hurdle in actually getting the, that job though. Yeah, we didn't have time for that in the yeah. movie. We got yeah. the, we got the uh, epilogue. Hey, this is what happens. Believe me, as someone who's graduated engineering, there's a bigger hurdle of getting an engineering job. Well, see, I think the implication is that she had an engineering degree, but there were specific courses needed to enter the specific engineering training program they had. Yeah. 
and they denied her because she didn't have the classes, but they can still deny her because of other reasons. Yeah, I mean, do you, you both have a point. Like, she definitely did already have... The only thing keeping her out of that job position was that they saw she applied and like, well, we need some reason for her not to be able to get it. So they added these extra courses. Yeah. So you on went, the one hand, like, she definitely was then, like, the most eligible person for the job. But also, there's nothing stopping them from just being like, oh, well, we've uh, added some more courses. Yeah. Well, they, mm. they went, mm, everyone else who's applied has come from this very specific college. Let's make it where if you didn't take, if you didn't go to that college, then you have to take supplementary courses. No one else does. So everyone else who went to a different college needs to go to this high school? Yeah. And and take classes there, which is wild to me. They're AP classes. <laughs> yeah. AP classes that are graduate level in engineering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just wild. But um yeah, it is it was weird that, you know, hers seemed to be the only story that really didn't get a full conclusion. You know, she made like really like a lot of progress, you know, getting into the school in the first place. But, like, Dorothy got her, you know, promotion to supervisor. You know, Catherine obviously went on to calculate for, you know, the Apollo missions. But she's the only one who wasn't shown on screen, like, becoming an engineer. Yeah. I feel like her big battle was, like, with the law. Like, oh, yeah. being yeah. allowed to actually go to the school at all. So, it's... Yeah. They still gave her an arc that was completed, which is nice. It just wasn't, like, the full arc. Yeah. It just got a little truncated at the end, which is, you know, it was, it was fine. I just, if we could get, like, an extended cut that's, like, I mean, listen, three it's, minutes longer. It's nice that, the mo- that, like, these three people's lives lined up so, like, nicely at the time anyway. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We got two out of three that all, that, like, they have their success around the same time. We can fit that into a movie. The third one is, we get most of it. <laughs> like, not to jump into Hamilton randomly, but like, they had to fudge so much stuff to make like anything in the musical work. Yeah. It's like a whole bunch of that stuff didn't happen. Like, Hamilton does not meet his three friends all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So according to the IMDb, uh, there was the scene here where Catherine is screaming about how she has to, like, run halfway across campus to go to the bathroom, and she can't even, like, drink from the same coffee pot and everything. Oh, yeah. Mary was the one who actually screamed about that, but it wasn't about the bathrooms. It was just about the coffee pot. And that's what led to her getting her position with the engineering group. Interesting. And what's more interesting is that she had been using the women's restroom that was in that building that was supposed to be segregated Uh but she didn't know oh well there's no sign yeah it just said ladies restroom yeah Hmm. which i mean that's one of the things where you're you're adapting the live stories of people you're like well some things we're just going to shift around for poetic reasons yeah i mean as long as it's not like a super major change it's yeah i feel like it is a little weird that they assigned it to a different person but well it yeah. makes the story flow better that's the yeah. thing about biographical movies yeah so sheldon <laughs> sheldon. sheldon cooper is just here and the and nothing has changed he's still an asshole he's just sheldon but now he's a racist asshole Oof. you know arguably i think this character had more character development than Sheldon does in the Big Bang Theory. He absolutely did. Yeah. yeah. He absolutely did. I will say at the very end, at, at the, like, he's he's not good yet. He's getting no. better. Yeah. He has not, like, come around to his, like, inherent, like, prejudices. But he's like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll drop you off a coffee. I'll pick up the things. I won't say mean things. Yeah. He's he's growing. I won't just immediately discount you. Yeah. I'll I'll let you have your name on the paper. Mine's still front and center though. 
Yeah. It's still the 60s. Yeah. I I do have to say, Harrison, great. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. he only cares about them getting the job done. This man is all business he, in the best possible way. He does not care who does it. He doesn't care how they do it. He just wants it done. And he's like, well, you did it, so cool. Do this now. Yeah. Also, I just love his introduction from everyone else. Was, hey, don't say anything. He's a hard ass. Like, just don't, don't try to like just keep your head down. Don't get in his way, and just you'll be you'll be fine. And then you actually meet him, and it's just like, oh, he's just he's just a hardworking dude. Yeah, he's real goal oriented. And if you're not goal oriented, he's like, well, it's not gonna work. Sorry. Yeah. And also, I just love his. Like, yeah, he's a hardworking, you know, boss to, like, he's hard to please and um, he expects a lot from his employees, but also he expects a lot from himself. And, like, one of the key things is when he, like, right after Russia gets their first, you know, manned flight, um, he, he comes back and tells everyone, like, hey, we're not getting paid anymore, but we're going to have to stay late and we're going to have to get this done. All of you need to, like, let your families know that you're going to need to do this. If you want to leave, I totally get it. You're, you're fine, but we can't keep you. And he's the first one to, like, follow through on that and actually, like, tell his family, hey, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. I'm working late. I'm not getting overtime. Like, he's not, he's not the kind of guy who's like, hey, everyone's going to stay. And then he leaves and goes home. He's... A hundred percent. He's the, like the last one there every single time. Like he puts in just as much or more effort than anyone else there. And he just expects you to like try to keep up. Yeah. And it's also nice that he always has his employees back. He's like, yeah, no, these are like he has, he brings Catherine into like the Pentagon meeting. He's like, well, yeah, these are your numbers and you can explain them the best. And like, you not being in the meeting is actively slowing us down so you can go in the meeting. He also doesn't have Catherine arrested for breaking security protocols. Yeah. <laughs> also that, yeah. That's he cool. just goes, are you a Russian spy? No? All right, cool. There's not an issue here. Give her security clearance. I love her responses. To, are you a Russian spy? She goes, I'm not Russian. <laughs> Why would I be a Russian spy? Yeah, fair question. Why would I be a Russian spy? Exactly. She says no first and then clarifies she's oh, not yeah. Russian. That's that is important. Yeah. yeah, it is important. But it just I love her reaction to that. It was just complete shock and disbelief that they would even have to ask. Yeah. I mean, for their part, they're like, hey, you you have all this uh, confidential information. She's like, yeah, because you suck at redacting things. Yeah. I held the paper up to the light and I could see through your marker. Like, they tried to, like, well, if you know all this, how do you know about the name Atlas? Like, trying to catch her in a lie, and she's like, I mean, I just I just showed it to the light, because you guys suck. <laughs> That's one of those things that just, like, ended up cascading up to the actual Pentagon, where they're like, wait, how did nobody know this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how did no one notice that we're not fully blocking out things? What do you recommend we do? Darker ink. I don't know. Do it. But also, real dick move on Paul, because no one told him he needed to redact that. That wasn't, like, an order he got from, um, what was his name? Harrison. Harrison. That was not an order he got from Harrison. He just went, oh, no, I don't want her to know those things, so I'm going to just claim that it's classified. I mean, it, it probably is still yeah, just yeah. part of security protocol. It definitely was classified, and she did not have that clearance yet. They gave her the clearance when she walked in the door. They, there's different levels of clearance. Like, I mean, I guess that that's room. true. But to be yeah. fair, if they're like, hey, you need to check this work, but if it's like half of, if half of it's classified, you know, she can't dumb. check the work. Why give her that job if she can't do it? Well, I mean, I don't know how to tell you this about... Yes, I understand America. what I've just said. But, like, in that particular situation, like, yeah, that was absolutely a, just a dick move for him to just 
Because I, I can guarantee you he blocked out stuff that didn't need to be blacked out. Yeah, he, he definitely did. He but was also, like, yeah, just read around it. Also, the most like impressive part about that and what they had that whole meeting about was like, hey, he absolutely just blacked out like half the stuff you needed. How did you still get this done? Like, how goddamn impressive is it that they tell you to do something and then go, ha, I'm not going to give them the stuff they need to do it. And then she turns around and has it anyway. And then they have to go, hold on, we need to have a meeting about why she was able to do this. Baller move. You thought you could stop me by not giving me the information? Joke's on you, I already had the information. No, she deduced the information. Yeah. Which is even more incredible. And, and they... They just assume that, like, hold on, the fact you're able to do this, you have to have inside information on, on this. You have to be a spy. <laughs> so they have this whole interrogation about it, and she just goes, nah, it just, math works. Yeah. Math is math. <laughs> math is math. <laughs> and the one thing that they go, oh, well, maybe you could have figured out the math. But what about this piece of information that you shouldn't know? The atlas. And she just goes, I mean, it's just shine it in the light. Y'all just and suck just, at redacting shit. I just love that he immediately goes, it holds it up to the light. He goes, God damn it. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Free to go. Yeah, because like. At the same time, of the, like obviously they're in the middle of the Cold War because that's like, like this was just a big part of the culture back then was just like the Red Scare. Like yeah. everyone was terrified out of their minds of Russia, and so like the fact that their first thought of why does she have this information was not hey, maybe, you know, there's some kind of security breach in some form or manner. They just immediately went, she's a spy. <laughs> Imagine yeah. being so good at your job, someone thinks you're a spy. Was, I mean, also, they're too paranoid. They're like, hey, they got they got satellites in space. They're going to nuke us. They're, they have rockets coming. Yeah. They have to go. They're listening to us with Sputnik. Yeah. <laughs> Who they've knows got, what they're looking they've at? They've got a satellite up there. Bombs are going to follow. It's how it works. It's the natural progression of things. It's how America works. What are you talking about? Like I said, the natural progression of things. <laughs> this is how the world works. <laughs> something, something manifests destiny anyway. <laughs> Can we get a soundbite of that? I'd rather not. <laughs> It was just a frequency graph of just whoop. <laughs> it's 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 an electric car taking off. <laughs> <laughs> and this is an example of the Doppler effect. So I did want to talk about some of the nice, some of the good like movie making things that happened. Okay. And I really had a good way like. That sentence was going to be so eloquent, and I just lost it halfway through. Good. <laughs> you know the nice, good movie-making things? So, there is, um, there are two instances where Catherine is dramatically handed chalk, and I, th I thought they were, like, real nice, uh, it's not like a motif, but, like, a visual callback to, like, hey, we're, like, giving her what she needs to succeed in an area where she normally would not. So, like, there's the first one. And these are like almost mirrored shots. The first one is as a kid when she's bumped up like two grades, like the teacher calls in her and hands her the chalk and they really linger on the shot of like the teacher's hand and her hand and the chalk. And then she goes up to the board and solves the equation. All the eighth graders are like, what? <laughs> Which I mean, understandable. This child came up and did this very complex math and they explained it to you and they clearly didn't get it. And then the next one was as an adult when she's presenting her math to like the Pentagon meeting. They have like the same shot, except it's uh, Harrison giving her the chalk this time. So I thought that was it's a real cool uh, parallel there. Yeah, that was that was 
That was really cool. Even without like the callback, that was still like a really significant moment. But it's just emphasized more by the fact that that was a callback as well. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that that led to um, John Glenn eventually asking for her to do the like final st- final math on the landing site. Can I just mm. say, good guy John Glenn out here. Yeah, for real. Bruh. This is the fucking Captain America of the 60s. He is like the best. He shows Sorry. up to NASA. Captain there. America of the 60s? You mean Captain America? <laughs> nah, he was frozen. He wasn't there. Yeah, he was frozen in the 40s. <laughs> Good try though. In the comics, there was one in Captain America comedy smasher, but then he he was crazy. Like they, so we're, we're gonna come back to John Glenn real quick. Um, <laughs> so after you know World War Two ended, they kept making Captain America comics, but uh, the Nazis were no longer his enemies. So like uh, we have to give him some else. Uh, communists. So he was rebranded as Captain America comedy smasher, and it was not super popular. And so they eventually just kind of stopped making them. I wonder why it wasn't popular. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's a couple you know decades go by, and they're like, "Hey, Captain America, he was uh, frozen in ice. That's why he wasn't in the comics, and now he's in the Avengers." But they retconned it so he was frozen in ice after World War II, and so the guy who was running around as Captain America was still canon. It's just it was a different guy who was a really big Captain America fan who got plastic surgery to make himself look like Steve Rogers. And then the government gave him his own shield and costume, except he went crazy. And so, like, yeah, no, we're just not gonna, we're just not gonna do this. And so they fired him. <laughs> Amazing. So John Glenn. So John, John Glenn. Glenn. Good guy. The good John Captain Glenn. America of the '60s. <laughs> this guy is like, he's like the perfect gentleman. Like he has modern sensibilities and stuff. He like, he shakes hands with all of like the white people in NASA, and then he sees like all the black women off to the side, and he's like. Gotta go shake hands with them too. And he, he does. He shakes hands with all three of our main characters and then gets ushered away. But like he throughout the entire movie, well for all the parts he's in, he is all he's like never racist. He's always like kind and supportive. He tells jokes in the Pentagon meeting. Yeah. Like he's not there for any of the math or anything. He's just like, hey, I'm the guy they're bringing in space. I'm here. I'm just gonna make funnies and be charming. That's it. He's he's the guy who said, like, and he specifically said the joke as a way to, like, break the tension. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, he had that joke just on hand, ready to just be like, all right, cool. I'm just going to just make this. Yeah. She rattles off all this, like, crazy conversion. Like, she does all the math for the landing location or whatever. And then she converts that from, like, feet to miles to latitude, longitude in her head. And then there's this silence where all of the, like, Pentagon guys are staring at her. And then he's just like, I like your numbers. <laughs> They're good numbers. Now, those are some good numbers. <laughs> so I can confirm, according to IMDb, he did ask for Catherine, like, in real life, John Glenn asked for Catherine to double check the landing site. But it was not the day of. It took her three days to do the calculations. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so. that was one thing that I, that I so was 100% positive was they made these calculations like, oh, she, she's the only one that can do them um, in like five minutes. And, and she's the only one who's capable of doing this math. And it's like, no, it, it takes a long time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but that's it's way less like it's not as interesting if it's like, all right, yeah, give her the math, and then three days later she comes back, she's like, yeah, the numbers are good. It's much more, it's much more interesting if it's like, oh, there's a ticking clock, he's on his way to the rocket right now, the entire nation is waiting on these calculations, and then she, she like, she does them, she has to run back to the like mission room and give them the math. It's, can you imagine if they did that scene and it was just like, all right, yeah, it works, okay. <laughs> Also, real dick move on the guy who ran the the papers over to her, because he like he runs the papers over there, hands them to her, she does calculations, and then goes, "Well, come on," and then she ends up running over there with him. She, he makes her take the papers with her. He doesn't take them from her, and then he gets they get to the door. She hands the papers off, and then he goes inside and leads her out. Like, why did you make her come? 
Did you just make her carry the papers over here for no reason? You knew she wasn't going to be able to come in. Yeah. It's also really funny because, like, when she does the calculation, she finishes it. She, like, leans back. And then he just kind of stares at her like, well, aren't you going to pick up the calculations and take them back? Like, motherfucker, you're the only one who actually is supposed to be in that room with those calculations. You take them. Yeah. It was a super dick move. I mean, it it's led... nice that she got in yeah. after that. But, like, as far as he knew... He ran those over for her to do. She did them, and then he just stood there. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't even the one to, like, let her in. It was, um... Harrison. Harrison, who, like... Also, weirdly enough, just had an extra badge on him. Did you notice that? It was probably still hers. Yeah. Yeah. He just carried it in his own pocket? He probably just didn't throw it away. This was... Well, because you can't just throw away a security clearance badge. You gotta, I know, like, but this was not the same day. Uh, so. I, I like to imagine that it's his, and he just went, they know I'm supposed to be in here. They don't know yeah. she's supposed to be in here. They can't so I'm going to give her <laughs> my key card, cause, or like my security card, because they know I'm supposed to be in here, but they don't know she's supposed to be in here. So this way she gets clearance. Gotcha. So I, had, I guess that makes sense. I just thought it was really funny. It was like, why do you just have another one? That's that's a much nicer explanation. Mine was like he took that guy's card and gave it to her. <laughs> you know, that'd be 100% like that fair and justice. That'd be justified. Yeah, it's like, all right, now you can't leave again because they will not let you back in. It's what you get. I do also want to point out there's one line that they added in here where Harrison says that Catherine was able to calculate the landing to four decimals of precision, which was more than the machine could do. I thought uh-huh. he just said more. He just said more. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's completely false. <laughs> <laughs> the machine could do 16 decimals of precision. Oh, wow. And she did four. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, also, they, they clarified they were using the Euler method, which is entirely an estimation anyway. So... Every digit, like every additional digit, would just be that much more work you have to do. And if it's already going to take you three days to do it, yeah, that's. <laughs> like, why would you spend extra time being more accurate when. If you think about, like, four decimal places in there is already, like, way tighter of a figure than, like, human ability is going to be. Because this is based on his timing. The pilot, like John yeah. Glenn's timing. Yeah, he's doing this by hand. Like, okay, you could have a million digits. It doesn't matter if he can't hit the first three. <laughs> so, yeah, doing four decimals is totally fine. But it does read better for the movie if she's more accurate than the machine. Oh, it's absolutely better for the movie. Just like how long it takes, but, you know. R- Movie realism and actual realism don't usually don't even align. Yeah. There was also something listed in the goofs on IMDb that said uh, it doesn't matter what book uh, Dorothy read on Fortran, she would not have been able to walk into that room and fix the machine. And I'm like, well, no, duh. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, excuse me, there's no book that you can read that you just be like, hmm, yes. And then go and do, like, CNC machining on something you've never you've I'm, never done. On the one hand, she did only <clears throat> move one thing. So I feel like those guys just read the manual wrong. Yeah. That's definitely how it came off. Like, she literally walked in. She's like, well, that's in the wrong spot. And that was it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it. But my other question is, why did I am someone at IMD me? IBM? IBM. IBM. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> um, someone at a group of people at IBM made this machine, right? Either they have no clue how to operate the thing that they designed and made, or they just went, here's a thing, uh, NASA can figure it out. I mean, instruction manuals are actually very hard to write. I mean, yes, but also usually those kind of things, like if you're paying, I, I assume this is millions of dollars even back then, 
Like, you're paying so much money for this. You're also going to pay the relatively trivial amount of money to have a professional come out and not only install it, but teach your employees how to operate it. You're not just going to deliver this via UPS and just go, eh, figure it out. That seems like a lot of forethought for a company that didn't make sure their doors were big enough to house the like computers. <laughs> we need a double door. See, that's that's exactly why they needed IBM because NASA didn't have the forethought. Yeah, they didn't have the forethought to hire some that like hire that service from IBM. They bought the computers. Like, yeah, that's good enough. We'll They'll figure f- it out. We're yeah. NASA. They'll fit. It's it's just it's wild to me that they sold a product to NASA and just went, eh. They're smart. Like this is not something that just like everyone already knows how how to do. Like this is a brand new machine that's like state of the art computer. No, it. It requires you to have, like, hole punches in the right spot in a piece of paper. Yeah. Also, like, a team of 30 people to operate, apparently. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, could you imagine how many people it would take to punch all those holes in the right spots? I'm so glad I don't have to program on a piece of paper. (laughs) Me too. It's not even like writing on a piece of paper either. It's poking holes in a piece of paper and then running it through. Because they would, you would write the code on paper and then someone else's job was to actually punch the holes. Well, okay, yes. But both of those jobs don't sound good. Yeah. And then you just, then you have another person who runs it through the machine and then takes the output and then has to like transcribe that onto other pieces of paper because you're not going to carry around this like scroll of paper <laughs> fill the calculations and stuff you're just gonna like you gotta transcribe it there's a lot of stuff that needed to happen there yeah one of the things that uh, i was also taught in like my first computer science class was that it's dumb that the computer science division now is dominated by men because it literally started with women being all the programmers yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's how a lot of things go yeah Mm -hmm. heather any input toxic masculinity (laughs) yeah (laughs) thanks heather back to you josh So another real good movie making thing, uh, in the scene with uh, Dorothy and Mary Jane from Spider-Man, I don't remember the fucking name of the character. Okay, I'm glad that wasn't just me. I could not see anything else. It's just blonde Mary Jane from, from Sam Mary and Spider-Man. Anyway, in the scene between them in the bathroom, they have this really neat like shot reverse shot thing where they're standing next to each other, but they're looking at each other's reflections in the mirror, and so it's... You still get the over-the-shoulder shot because their eye lines line up in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So they can still do the shot reverse shot, even though they're neither of them are looking at each other and they're both standing next to each other looking forward. It's. I thought that was a really cool cinematography thing. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I also liked it. It was a. It was a really good shot. There's also a, like a, a kind of neat scene. Be like, you know, hey, I'm. I'm I'm going to be, like, kind and courteous to you by, like, you know, just hanging out with you, make small talk. I'm going to hand you your paper towel and all that. But I'm still going to call you out on your bullshit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a nice moment of growth for everyone. Christian Dunst's character was like, hey, you know, I'm not actually mean. And then, like, she's clearly trying to, like, be friendlier. But at the same time, she's still actually not... Yeah. And she gets called out on that, which is also nice. Can we talk about the music a little bit? I quite enjoyed the music. Yeah. It was... I loved it. It was, <laughs> it was real good. It was very intermittent. Like, it was only for, like, transitional scenes. It was, like, mostly semi-diegetic, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a lot of jazz. And it was kind of... 
Well, some modern stuff in there too, which I thought was interesting because yeah. it was it was uh, camouflaged pretty well. Yeah. I was like, hmm, this is definitely not sixties. <laughs> but you know what? Sounds good, so I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the lyrics were just kind of about space for some reason. It's like okay. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> they just went. Uh, what songs have space in it? Got it. This one. <laughs> You know, this is a real good soundtrack. I really like the, the um, was he a colonel? What was the, uh, yeah, it was a colonel. It's a colonel. Like, I really like, like, his story is, like, really funny to me because we only see, like, parts of it. It, it skips ahead through so much time. So it's like, all right, they meet and they have a bad first impression. Then they meet again later and he apologizes. And then they go on, like, a date and then they're engaged. And, and then they're married. Yeah. Like, his character development happens so much off screen, it's absolutely jarring every time we see him. It's like, hold on, how much has happened? Like, I understand that his storyline is not the focal point of the movie, and it's not, like, a romance first and foremost, but it is, it's funny to the point that he was, it's almost like they included him specifically as, like, a, hey, her name changes near the end of the movie, and we need to explain that. Yeah, like, her kids are in, like, three scenes, I think. They're, her family life is such a small portion of this movie. It's just to be like, yeah, she had one. Yeah, some things happen in her family, and that's... Like, we can't ignore it, so we will include them as much as we have to. Also, I, I want to say that they imply that, like... Um, I don't... Colonel Johnson, I guess. I don't remember what his first name yeah. was. Uh, His name is Johnny? Jimmy? Jim. Jim. Jim Johnson. Jim Johnson. (laughs) Jimmy Uh, Johns. That's what I was thinking. Jimmy John. But I like how it's just implied that, you know, Jim was just like helping take care of her kids for a long portion of time because there's the scene where, you know, he, uh, you know, proposes and the kids are like, they already know everything that's happening. they, They knew the script. Not only that, but they like. They knew, like, Jim's life story. I think that was part of the script. <laughs> like, well, yeah, but they also, like, clearly have spent a lot of time with this guy. Well, I should hope so. He's marrying their mom. I mean, yeah, but just based on what we've seen in the movie. Yeah, that was a little jarring because it goes, the previous scene was him apologizing for being sexist. <laughs> I also really like that there is not a single point where he shows up in the movie where someone's not actively like shipping them. Yeah. <laughs> like he appears yeah. he appears like in the scene where they go to church and he looks at her and she's not looking and she looks at him and he's not looking. And then everyone immediately decides, Alright, so we're we're matchmaking this, right? Yeah. We, we're gonna like, call him over and then we're gonna conveniently leave for cake. Yeah. I mean top notch wingmen, wing women. But like <laughs> Everyone just unanimously and wordlessly agrees. Hey, these two, they need to be a couple. We're going to make this happen. Yeah, it was it was so funny. And I mean, it works, so good job, everyone. It, I will say it did just feel so weird and awkward every time his character was on screen, though. Yeah, a that, little bit. That, that script for the proposal was real, real creepy at some points. It is, it's creepy when you apply like a realistic lens to it. It's like as he is telling it, he's definitely telling a romanticized, like embellished version where he yeah. like he he meets her and then immediately calls his mother and says, "I met the woman I want to marry." Yeah. And I'm- as I said during the movie, if you meet someone and immediately like say, "I'm gonna marry this person," and like they're not just somebody, they're everything, or they're not just something, they're everything. You're an absolute psychopath. Yeah. yeah. Like I get there's like what you know whatever love at first sight, but that's not that's beyond that. That's like go get some help. See, but he's also in the military. Yeah, which is why, which is why when he like ap- makes his apology, he's like, yeah, sorry, I I was out of practice. I was like, yeah, you know, he's he's not used to talking to people like in a normal kind of way. He's still, like, he messed up. 
and I'm not excusing his like overt sex like sexism. But also, yeah, no, he's he didn't know how to words. He don't words good. Yeah. But he learned the words better. So anyway, Star Wars Visions, right? Hey. <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. Gosh, you need to. Yeah. I was not prepared for them all to drop on the same day. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a weekly thing. Yeah, me too. Man, if it had been weekly. That second episode. Yeah, that is, that is a thing. If it had been weekly, I would have gone to bed on time yesterday. <laughs> same. I stayed up way later than I wanted to. But I think it was worth it. Well, it was Absolutely. definitely worth it. I loved, I loved all of it. Even episode two. What, but to a slightly what's left. What's wrong degree. with episode two? It's, it's, it's weird. Not bad. It's just. Yeah. It's it doesn't. It's the fit. least good of the episodes. Why are we talking about this on the podcast? Because we always have to include Star Wars. Okay, but Star Wars takes place in space, which is where they were trying to go. I was going to say, there has to be a connection. The connection is space. <laughs> but there wasn't a segue or anything. No. It was real Segways abrupt. haven't been invented yet. <laughs> Are we sure about that? When in were the segues? 60s? I think it's possible. When were segways invented? We went to the moon. You think we couldn't have segways yet? Yeah. Did you see what they went to the moon in? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what battery technology was back then? Aside from bad? No. You had lead acid batteries and that's it. <laughs> okay, so I need everyone to guess when segways were invented. The 80s. 1996. I was going to say 95. 2001. What? Wow. Honestly, my guess was 2000, so I'm like, that can't be right. What month? What month? Oh. Yeah, just. Uh, <laughs> Heather. Why did you. You didn't even have to say it. You just made me feel bad. <laughs> I want to know. When did Paul Blart come out? How did you get to that line of thinking? Please, I need to know. <laughs> Doesn't he ride a, drive a Segway? Yeah, those two, those two things are like linked in my mind. You cannot unchain mall Paul Blart, mall, mall Cop from Segways. Okay, well, Segways I don't think really became popular until probably uh, 8 or to 10, maybe probably. I don't know. So, the first patent was 94. Ooh, I was close. It wasn't granted until 97, but it wasn't until October 2001 that they were like actually like done made. and made. Yeah. Hey, so Josh, uh yeah. you said uh Segways didn't get popular until like 2008-2010. Do you want to guess when Paul Blart Mall Cop came out? 2007. Yeah, sure. It's 2009. You didn't guess, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Boom. Man, that's weird. My memory's usually a lot worse than that. Paul Blart comes out. Then the next year, Segways, insanely popular. Coincidence? Probably not. (laughs) So, this says that the Segway, like... Capital S Segway. The brand. Brand was unveiled on December 3rd, 2001. Okay. What is the name of those things that we call Segways? Hoverboards. Oh, yeah, the hoverboard. Is that? No, the hover. No, because the hoverboard is the name of the thing without the handlebars, where it's just the two wheels and the foot pedal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the thing with the handlebars is a Segway. That's what it's called. Right, but like it's. You know how Velcro is a name brand and not the name of the stuff that we associate with the name Velcro? Yeah, but because of the patents and everything, yeah, like the, it, it was just Segway. Only Segway can make those. Okay, fair enough. I thought maybe it was just like the brand name for an item that could be made by someone else, but... No. Okay. They're just Segways. I oh, also... That's, that's nice and tidy. I have to say, according to the Segway Wikipedia site, Steve Jobs was quoted as saying that Segways were as big a deal as the PC... Hmm. Oh man, I love you it when people in the wrong. past are wrong about shit. He later retracted it, saying it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is the biggest backpedal I have wow. ever seen. Oh my gosh. 
people think it was he was referring to the design when he said that, but he actually commented about the boutique price of the Segway. I mean, that's fair, I guess. <laughs> Bruh. I just love when people in the past are wrong. But like, everyone who was like, oh man, video games are a fad. It's all about board games. Kids are going to get like bored with video games in like two years, and then they'll just be back to board games. Like, uh, can you can you imagine being that wrong <laughs> about like anything? I don't even play board games. Board games are fun. Yeah, I mean, they, right. I I just don't play them. We just watched an entire show about chess. I didn't. True. It True was loss. not about chess. I, it I heavily don't. involved chess. Yeah. I just don't it, really care. It's centered around chess. They can't show thirty seconds of chess. <laughs> they showed several. <laughs> It showed several minutes of chess, just not a. So that one specific that one instant. was when it counted. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're moving the goalposts, Josh. <laughs> just like America. That's gonna get cut. No one has any idea what we're talking about. I mean, about. he is American. <laughs> I mean, the Queen's Gambit was pretty popular. I feel like the. I feel like they could have put that together. How many other shows about chess are there? I mean, there's an anime about chess. Searching for Bobby Fisher. Is that a show? It was a movie. That doesn't count. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> there was another Netflix show about chess. It was about a, like a kid who was autistic and Yeah. So it's still figures. the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> yeah, it is, but it's different. <laughs> it was different. So hidden figures. Also, I just love this title. Yeah. Yeah, it's a I good think title. Also, for the longest time, I misremembered it as significant figures. Yeah, me too. Which is just also a math term, but... Yeah. Yeah. On, like, I like hidden figures, and it, it I will say it, it, like, fits a little bit better because obviously they're, you know... Oh, yeah, no. They're, they're, they're hidden in their background, but they're, like, they're, they're just, you know, the backbone of what's keeping this thing going. Yeah. It's, it's a much better title than the one I accidentally made up. Well, yeah. that's also the one that I accidentally thought of when I first learned of it. Because that's what I searched for <laughs> when I was trying to look at it. But, um... Because that's just... It's a much more popular turn. And I, I think it would have been, you know, pretty good. I as think far popular as... is a strong word. I knew what they were. Significant figures or hidden figures? Significant figures. Well, yeah. I mean, even so. Because you learned all that in, like, high school. Which was not very long ago for you. Shut. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was like, it could have it could have been called significant figures. Because they were very significant, you know, to the, the success of this project. And they made that, like, error about, like, decimal points at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it really could have been significant figures. I feel like if they made it significant figures, people would have thought it was about math and they wouldn't have watched it. Like the Queen's Gambit. Yeah, but people watch the Queen's Gambit. You mean You mean it It wasn't about math? Josh, did they th- did they show 30 seconds of math? Yes. They showed a significant <laughs> amount of math. Yeah, they'd also showed a significant amount of chess, but guess what? <laughs> Queen's Gambit not about chess. <laughs> Like you can't spend an entire episode, like hyping up a certain match, just to have it end with the first pawn placement. I am sorry. I will forever be upset about that. <laughs> Josh is so salty today. It's his sinuses, full of salt. <laughs> yeah. The... <laughs> so. No, we're watching. We watched this on uh, Disney Plus, and as it ended, like the promo came up for another movie we should watch, which was The Right Stuff, which is the story of uh, John Glenn and how, like the those guys got to like their training and stuff. Do you think any of the characters from Hidden Figures, aside from obviously like John Glenn, the other astronauts, show up in that movie? It's possible that Catherine would show up since John and Catherine are like directly like they they had somewhat of a relationship and knew each other. Yeah, but, but like, I don't know. Did they? Not. He called her the smart one. 
Well, but he did, again, He in real life, John Glenn did specifically ask for Catherine to do the yeah. math on the landing. Yeah. yeah. He knew enough about her to know that she was the math one who was, like, important she, to him not dying. She's the smart one. I want her doing the calculations. But yeah, it just... Interesting that Disney has both movies that are sort of unrelated, but historically related. I wonder if there's any, like, crossover. Were they made... Were they directed by the same person? Or? I don't know. One don't of them's a so documentary. Yeah. Like, they're not at all actually, Hold like... Hold on, only one of them was a docu- documentary? The, yeah, the one about John Glenn's a documentary. Yeah, this is a biographical film. Not the same. Okay. They're very I different. didn't know there was a difference. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Still, though, it, it'd be interesting to see, like... To watch that movie and see if there's any crossover. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a documentary, it, like just based on what I know of documentaries versus I guess what was it a biographical film yeah. yes I'm guessing documentaries probably have like narrator and stuff like that yeah but okay. at the same time the conceit behind the name Hidden Figures is that they were kind of erased from history or they're at yeah, least yeah. not like spotlighted so yeah well like I feel like a documentary would be more likely to include information such as the existence of Catherine. I mean, you yeah. would think. You would think. You know, because they don't have, like, a story that they need to tell. I They're mean, just... Doc Mary still tell stories. Well, I mean, like, they don't have, like, they're not producing a film in the same way as what this movie was. Yeah. But they I don't mean... need, like, character development and all that stuff. They're just telling they're just retelling history. Well, I mean, sort of. Like, they're not gonna... They're definitely not gonna, like, embellish things or, like, switch up who says what or give someone's moment to someone else. But, I mean, documentaries are still edited to tell a cohesive story. So they're just... They're including the parts that they feel are relevant and they're excluding the parts that they want to exclude. So... Gotcha. It's entirely okay. possible that someone could have just excluded all of her parts from his story there. Ah, I see. But there's no way to find out unless we watch that movie or read a synopsis, which is more likely to happen. Well, that's not happening tonight. Ah, I didn't say tonight. I'm dying. Uh, As we've established. I'm dying a little faster today than normal. (laughs) Hmm. Well... I need you to hold out at least long enough to like get this episode mastered. <laughs> also, maybe tell someone else how to do that. Oh uh, yeah. So, uh, final thoughts. I love the movie. It yeah. was really good. And you know, I I learned a lot about you know these real people. I I honestly didn't know other than just there was I knew that this person existed. Like I I, I learned a lot about. Uh, like these you know people who you know in real life actually did these things I enjoyed this movie it was it was very good I'm very glad that they didn't take a lot of like liberty with the story and that they mostly told it as is with like obviously some creative touches to make it more interesting but I'm glad that they stuck mostly to reality in terms of what happened and what was going on and the situations that they were in and uh, I just I just enjoyed it it was a good movie yeah I really liked the movie too um, the first time watching it through I was like wow I didn't know any of these people existed it's great that we actually get to learn about it and now the second time through I learned that uh, your starter can't just stop your car <laughs> <laughs> Don't get him started again. Well, we're in the middle. We can, he can't get started now. We're already uh, we're already on the road. <laughs> anyway, check out our Facebook, and we're on YouTube. Yeah, uh, anywhere you find podcasts, I'm sure you found this somewhere. So uh, keep finding it there. Find it other places too. Leave a comment, <laughs> like, comment, subscribe. You know all of that stuff. Anyway, this has been HQ Movie Reviews. I'm Jack. 
I'm Josh. I'm Brandon. And I'm Heather. Uh, thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. I feel really bad that during the movie that was mostly about historical black women in power, we just went off on so many tangents. But I also feel like that's very representative of America. <laughs> Fuck. That's not funny. <laughs>